Hello, everybody. This is That Connecticut Show. My name is Travis Poppleton. My name is Terrence Abbey. And this week, like every week, we are taking a new look at New England. And this week, Terrence, what are we what are we talking about? What are we talking about? We're talking about politics. We're talking about, but not my least favorite subject. That's why I'm looking at Travis Funny right now. We we just had the election, and we had a nationwide, and we, we continue to have a nationwide conversation. I think there are a couple elections that are too close to call. Um, there was a lot of uh, speculation and a lot of hype about some party taking over and another party taking over, and that those conversations have absolutely nothing to do with what we're talking about today. They don't? Nothing. Oh. What, what we're talking about today is the general perception and the general, when you start moving to New England, you probably come here with an idea of whether we're a blue state or a red state. And then if you were to like paint the whole, every state, every state in New England, would you paint them red or blue? And I don't want you to reach for your phone because what I want to do on this episode is I want to go state by state with you with me knowing, or at least with me having a phone open, asking you what you would guess for each state, and then I'll give you the the actual numbers. So this will be sentiment versus data. I have no idea what you're looking at on your phone right now. I assume for the for the sake of this episode, you're you're chatting with somebody because you wouldn't go out and look it up right now, right? You wouldn't go out and look up those numbers. Not at all. Okay. I'm just making sure that I had this right because as we talk about politics, it reminds me that Connecticut is the drum roll, please. That's terrible drum roll. But the Constitution state. We are the Constitution state. So we're doing state. this in the correct state right now. Of all the states to have this conversation, yes. this is this is the one. Yeah. One thing I appreciate about this show is, and just you bringing this up right now, I should say, is the fact that because I'm not right not to vote. Why would I go stand in that line and cast a ballot? Who does that? <laughs> who who casts a ballot? Um, there's an there's an interesting divide, I think. Um, with that, there are some some people who are who take it very very seriously. Well, Their vote means everything. Um, and then there are people who who do kind of brush it off the responsibility. And and what's interesting about that is I always go out. Even though I already know the answer to this, I go out every single time on parties and on uh, topics that I cared about, and I'll check to see if it won or lost by one vote. You know, like, <laughs> was it me? Did I really make the ultimate difference there? And that's the, and that's the way to do it. Yeah. Uh, I, never, I never feel validated, but I know collectively it's important. But when do you feel voting has ever helped you? That is a good question. Like voting, the voting process. We always say we're voting. The, the voting is the way to fight for our rights, and voting is a way to keep uh, the keep the well, like the the morals of the Constitution alive and going and everything. But when do we feel like voting's ever really helped us? When what do we have we voted on to really advance society or advance human rights or anything like that? Um, strangely cynical from you, uh, such a, <laughs> such a cynical way to begin this conversation, but I appreciate an honest conversation coming into this. I want to know though, motive before I start speaking to this, do you have a positive spin? Is this some place where I'm like, man, I don't know. And then you're like, aha, I caught you because every vote <laughs> matters. Or is this a sincere question? I want to know where this is coming from. It is. 
actually a sincere question because usually when I ask that, a lot of people are like, oh, they have, they have an answer, but it's not it's not the answer I'm thinking it's going to be. It's usually like, oh, it's helped because we elected the president. And I'm like, oh, well, yeah, okay. But during those times, when have we voted for real change that's happened? I guess I can say we voted my first time voting in my home state, which is kind of sad to say this now, but <laughs> in South Carolina, we voted for the abolishment of a law that said that more or less black people and white people could not get married. Yeah, it was it was late. It was we were late down the line. I, I know a couple of my relatives who marriages technically were not legal. Um, give me some context, though. So is this one of those outdated laws that you were finally getting to? Or was this still kind of a hot topic? And tell me what year this is so I have some some context. So this would have been late 90s. This has been late 90s or so when I voted on it. And so people were there were some interracial marriages in South Carolina, like or in my area at that time of South Carolina. But on the books. It was against the law. Um, I know that there are those laws that are like, hey, you can't wear ankle socks on a Wednesday. And they're just on the books for some arbitrary reason from 1901. And they never went away. Is this one of those laws or was it still like a hot topic and people brought it up enough to where this was a, a conversation that needed to happen and some legislation needed to be written out? For sentiment, absolutely, that law needed to be written. For every right reason, that law needed yeah. to be written. What I'm asking was, was it a pressing issue at that time, or was it just righting a wrong that needed to be right, righted for some time? It wasn't a pressing issue to the point that we were like talking about it. It was a lot of buildup before, and it, there wasn't a lot of people who were like, oh, I think I'm going to vote against this. So there wasn't a lot of back and forth or a pressing issue. But I think there is that concern of, if it's on the books, you could have went somewhere and they were like, we don't have to recognize this marriage. Look at this. Right. So more, it was more like that. But again, did it benefit me? Yeah, we'll see. So that's just my way. Well, let well let's know. flip that vote. because your question was, does your vote matter? And I suspect there's no oh, reason. When, has voting, when have you voted on something that's really promoted change and you felt like it's really changed things for you okay maybe so i misunderstood the original question because i thought the original question was have you ever felt like your vote matters but it sounds like you're asking a broader question i just of, have you voted on um a, a significant law so i would say with us because i grew up in california the two laws that we voted on that I think were significant historically were Prop 8 and Prop 22. And those were both about gay marriage and gay rights. Mm -hmm. um, one of them, if I remember correctly, and any California listeners, please keep me honest, but if I remember correctly, the idea of one of them, I think it was Prop 22, was simply the definition. Was simply, can you define marriage as between any two people or did it have to be between a man and a woman? And it was one of the most nonsensical conversations to me. Some people felt that was a very important conversation. And I remember thinking, um, so what are the rights? Like, right. 
is this preventing um, two gay people from being in a hospital room together or sharing the same benefits? And it wasn't. So it was, it was one of those things where somebody wanted the official definition to mean something when the reality is nobody uses words the same way. Like right. there's so many times people say a word and to one person it means one thing and to another person it means it, it was yeah, absolutely a, a, a prejudice conversation. It was, I want to fall asleep at night knowing every night that I fall asleep that I've made someone else's life less meaningful. Mm-hmm. I just want to know before I go to bed each night that someone is less equal than me. They have fewer rights and that's going to help me sleep. It was the most bizarre proposition of my lifetime because mm-hmm. it was nothing more than a, um, we, we can't swear on the show because we are before, I think 11 o'clock. I, I don't remember what the, what the rules are, but it was just a big middle finger. Right. That's all it was. Do you hate these people or do you not hate these people? If you do hate these people, vote this way and we'll define it this way so that they feel bad every time someone says the word marriage. Or mm-hmm. can marriage mean more than that? Right. Um, thankfully, it went the right way. I don't know that my ways. vote made a difference. Your vote did matter. <laughs> you want like, to like you go to bed at you night go. knowing that yeah. You voted and your vote mattered. And there's there's some truth to that because I would like to say that I think, so if we ever get universal health care mm-hmm. in the U.S., there are a lot of people who are going to feel good that they voted for or voted for a person who was for universal health care the first time around because that's one of the things that they were fighting for. And I think hopefully we'll be there. Uh, you know, and it's always that agenda because I think if it was on the other agenda, everybody would be voting for it and say, yeah, well, you, you need universal, universal health care. So I think, long story short, this whole party system for me sometimes throws me off as far as like we vote for parties and not necessarily for our our beliefs sometimes because we because we just go all in on our beliefs being in one party. Um, and again, I that's weird that's weird to me and i always think it's also weird that we just put so much into a system of voting but then some topics we don't vote on a couple of things so like roe versus wade we didn't really get the vote on that we had our judicial superpowers just just reverse that just reverse that well i mean it's such that the court's position is they have to interpret the law. Right. And so they can say, this is the way the law was written, and this is how we interpret it today. Mm-hmm. And yeah, the court has a tremendous amount of power because if a case is brought to them, they can say, yeah, we, we, we believed it was this way yesterday, but now we believe it's this way. The way we get around that is we introduce a bill. And we vote on that law. Mm-hmm. And if the judicial branch interprets it in a way that we feel is not just, then we need to get a new law on the books. Correct. So did we vote on Roe v. Wade? I mean, we, we didn't. Technically, definitely we didn't because Roe v. Wade is a case. Nobody gets to go and vote right. on the Supreme Court case. So no, we did not vote on that. 
But the law that was being interpreted, yes, at some point, I imagine, someone voted on it. Yeah, I wasn't part of that conversation, and I wouldn't know the historical context very well. I wonder if we would get to have a vote on the reversal. Or vote on the new one coming up there. Then, well, again, kind of to your point about affirmative action. Like, I wonder, like, we're, you always wonder where this stuff will go. But I will say there's another side to this of there was a time to where I'm pretty sure most people would have voted that you and I should not be in here doing this show together. And the majority, by hook or crook, would have said, agreed. They shouldn't be doing this show together. Right. You have to see a picture of me and Travis to see why. It's really two incredibly good-looking men doing a show together. <laughs> it yeah. should not be legal. <laughs> but, you know, so I think, you know, again, it's a lot of, again, I know all these don't hit on points and it may not sit with everybody the same way but i just always think the topic around voting and is always interesting and i like to make people upset by telling them a lot of times that i only vote during the important election right <laughs> well why would i vote on an off election here um by the way for everyone anyone listening who's into politics and the politics especially in their town who are in their town offices very important and perhaps you could argue more important than a presidential election because of how your town politics will affect you in your own town. So I am just kidding. But it is a great joke to make. Oh, <laughs> comedy gold. Uh, I did actually wanted to I wanted to know, and it's somebody who we may have the show on the show one day. Kara Pelletier is Bangor, Maine's new city council member. I think this is so rad. She was the only incumbent. No, sorry, the only non-incumbent to win. But she slaughtered the incumbents. Uh, her vote count was the highest by far. Mm -hmm. uh, she is a friend of the show. I really hope we have her on the show one day. Um, but a huge congratulations to Kara in Bangor. Do you know anybody else that was running? Maine. Bangor, Maine. They're, they're better off because of, of that vote. And it seems like they know that with how many votes she got. Right. Yeah. I agree. When you just said Maine, it just made me think of Maine justice. <laughs> so, you see the, the SNL skit, but yeah. I do but, not by the way, know. Terrence had to explain that skit to me because, like, I thought it was it was quirky, and then I was uh, you brought it up one day, and I was like, I don't even get the joke. I don't even get what they're going for, Maine Justice. And so, for listeners who have never heard of this, um, it is supposed to be in Maine, right? But the whole thing has kind of a an almost like what's that rooster from Looney Tunes? Um, Foghorn, whatever his name is. Leghorn, Froghorn, yeah. Yeah, they have that like over the top kind of stereotype southern accent. Yes. Um, and the the joke that you see obviously is someone's confused by it. Like I thought we were in Maine, but everyone has like just all those southern stereotypes. Right. But you explain to me. Well, I had somebody from Maine who said, and this is one person from Maine who said this, so I want to make that clear, but they were like Maine can tend to be a more conservative place, um, and some people do refer to it as perhaps the most southern state of New England, which is it's ironic great. because yeah. it's the most northern state of New England. But to that point, they talk, they say that, and then of course there's a joke in the SNL, SNL skit that makes it sound like they could be a bunch of people who were transplanted by the hurricane. Because all of them oh, have like those New Orleans fascinating. Accents, accents also. That's so less that's funny. part of the show. <laughs> that's just sad if you think of it that way. Um, that they came down to Yeah, that they were just misplaced. That's horrible. Um, maybe it's funny to someone. 
Um, but the the general watching the episode, or I think they've done it two or three times, uh, it has, you know, it's quirky. It's yeah. it's definitely Jamie Fox funny. with Jason Sudeikis. Am I pronouncing? Jason that? Sudeikis is the judge. the judge, and then one Jamie Fox is the the witness, the bailiff. Oh, okay. And the other one, um, what's the Justin Timberlake is the bailiff on another one. Um, the one I remember most, John Goodman is the witness, mm-hmm. but um, yeah, of the two, that's the one I remember the most. That, and I, I know at least two exist. Right. So I always wonder how how did we get here? This this is the good how, thing about sometimes being on a podcast with somebody you trust and love. When I was driving here, we'll we'll even back up. When we were deciding to move to New England, I felt like. Connecticut specifically was going to be a very liberal state. Uh, I don't know who told me that. I did no research to follow up on that. And I have some very strong opinions now, and we can come back to it in just a minute. But before we get to the facts, when you moved to Connecticut specifically, did you have an idea? Was this a conservative state, a liberal state? And where did that information come from? I was always told that Connecticut is a pretty rich state. And from that, I think I extrapolated that it may be more conservative because a lot of times it tends to be a lot of people who are rich and make their money doing certain things or have generational wealth tend to be more conservative because that conservatism, new word, is what helps them keep their wealth. And I know that's not always true, but that's kind of like that scope I had. But I also wasn't sure because, again, coming from the South, again, when I, especially when I was younger, there there is still a significant population when I was younger more, but even now who considers the North to be them damn Yankees. Right. This was news so, to me, by so, the way. Yeah. Yeah, like I think I mentioned that to you before. So I was a little, you know, taken aback at that part of like, hmm, where where am I going? By the way, I would have thought, okay, so let me give some context on the word Yankee for me. When I was living in Australia, Yank was absolutely a derogatory term for Americans, all right. Americans. We right. were equally put down, whether you're from the south or the north or the east or the west, if they called you a Yank, it might have been playful, but it was playful in a wink wink. By the way, you always show up late for wars. You know, you never really uh, help us out when you need to. Yank had a had a connotation to yeah. it. But when growing up in the U.S., I would have thought Yankee was a stamp of approval. Mm-hmm. You told me that's not the case in the South. Not really. And it, but almost like you explained it, it might be a wink wink or... <laughs> yeah, you up there with them Yankees now. But I specifically remember middle school on down, a little bit in high school, but I just remember the feeling of meeting some older, and to be honest, specifically older white people when I was in middle school on down. You could kind of sense there was a a little hatred towards the North, towards people from the North. And I always thought that was funny. Like for me, because I always I've always had relatives who I've known that stay, you know, D.C., 
Philly, New York. Right. And so that was always a a weird piece to me because, you know, they come down here and they love New York. And, you know, there was, of course, the black migration to up north, Chicago, as they say, out west, depending on where you were at, down south, kind of. So that's just a part. It's a part of that. It's a part of history that's interesting, especially when you bring it back to, you know, when I was younger and even now, people still being bitter over the Civil War. Right. But, you know, the history is not really that long, as long as we think. So. No, it's not. You know, um, I was a film critic, you know, that a film critic for years and years. And occasionally one of the things I would do is just take a classic film, talk about why it's important, kind of break it down for our readers. And possibly the most significant we are so off topic. Possibly the most significant movie in American history is Birth of a Nation, which, if you don't know, I don't know that we have time to get into it in this. It's, it's, a, it's a loathsome movie. One of my favorite quotes is Quentin Tarantino actually saying that um, D.W. DW Griffin should have been tried for war crimes for making that film. At the same time, it's a bit of a masterpiece as far as technical creation. Mm-hmm. So it's this really great thing because I think Americans would love to pretend that movie was never made, but because it is so technical, like it, it shaped our movie going experience. It shaped filmmaking for forever. We can't sweep it under the rug. So we can never get past the fact that that just horrible mark in history exists because it's, it's what it is. But I, when so it's I was a great cinema piece, right? That, it actually invoked all these emotions. The Ku Klux Klan was dead before this movie. And and it just shot back up. It's still used. Shout out to Wake Forest because the person who wrote Birth of a Nation actually went to Wake Forest. Shout Uh, out. I'm not sure that's a shout (laughs) shout out you want to give. Um, Yeah, no, it was... It was... (laughs) It was... Shout out to Coach John Hayes. This is way off topic, but we, that's this is where we're at. Shout out to Coach John Hayes, who actually did just win cross country championship at Wake Forest. That a little bit of shout out. I uh, sure, sure, nice, um, nice recovery. I think I said D.W. Griffin. It's D.W. Griffith, by the way. My point is though, I've got to with you. As I was going down this road, D.W. Griffith's dad was a general in the Civil War. Right. We feel like it's so far removed. Absolutely. But this guy in the night, you know, I mean, we're pre 1920s in filmmaking, but we're still mm-hmm. we're still talking about an experience where a kid is sitting at the dinner table listening to a guy. It's his dad. You know, he's getting his information from a, from a guy who was a Confederate general. Exactly. Like this is not completely removed. Mm-hmm. And it's so easy to think that happened so long ago. Right. And and I wondered like why was Griffith even like making the story like of all the movies to do and it's because every day at the dinner table he was getting first-hand accounts. And this is so relevant to uh to what we're talking about today. I don't know. I'm I'm putting my hands up now like we have detoured absolutely far to the right, but when hey, you get me on movies that's just Another quick shout out. I was like, this is our shout out to our first real detour like this. Oh, we're just. Have we ever did this before? <laughs> I don't know. I don't we think definitely so. detoured, but we are nowhere near our traffic right now. 
Although I guess, you know, in a way, this all feeds back, right? This all feeds voting back to the philosophy. Blue and red states. Blue and red states. We, yeah. we, be, we be sporting blue and red like we Crips and Bloods in the U.S., don't we? we don't... The Yankee comment is where this all came from, yes. right? Okay. All right. So you thought Connecticut would be conservative because of old money and generational wealth. I thought it would be um, liberal, and I can't even tell you why. Like, I don't know why I felt Connecticut would be a progressive state. When you got here, well, did it change your philosophy that it was conservative? No. Uh, but I will say it was a lot more liberal than I thought it was. You know, for me, Connecticut, and not just being in academia or being around that, but Connecticut in general, they will, I mean, some of the laws that we're voting on, like the... um the bathroom, the gender neutral bathrooms is I felt like, okay, yeah. Connecticut was like, Hey, yeah, do that. Yeah. We, have, we should, we should do that. And there's been other laws too, that, you know, that were considered like hot topics and that back at home, I know were like hotter topics. We're like, nah, past that. Oh, hate crime law. Oh yeah. We, oh yeah. We can't be having hate crimes past that. So I think some of those things in Connecticut, they, they get passed, you know, even, I mean, even though this is further up, like, and it's here now, but the legalization of a weed. Pass, pass, pass. It's like, I think most New England states, if I'm not mistaken, you might know better. Um, not that Travis does research in this, but. Always researching weed. But, uh, or cannabis, as we should call it. Cannabis sativa, because they say marijuana is now a racist term. Oh, is it? But. Yeah, that's a whole nother. We'll go on that, another tangent. Yeah. Yeah, next we're... show, everybody, next show. <laughs> but with cannabis, I think when I first got up here, all these states had started legalizing, and then now it's in Connecticut, where it's like still, you know, not other places, not down south. Most places down south, they decriminalized some areas. So I think it's really, it was a really interesting dichotomy for, for me because as liberal as they were, there's still like a lot of, I felt like little things that I would consider conservative, but for the most part, it, for the most part, I definitely appreciated kind of that space, the space that they provided as far as being able to see some of the, some of the values that they did have. Um, so we, it, we do have a democratic governor. Correct. It, I think that's historically has, as it is. The governor of Connecticut Since I've been here, yes. yeah, is going to be a Democrat. Absolutely walk the floor with the Republican candidate challenger. Really? Yeah, it wasn't even close. I did not know. Now, that. to be fair, he outspent the Republican candidate by a significant amount. And I don't know mm -hmm. how much money. I don't know enough about politics to say X amount of dollars equals X amount of sentiment. I have no idea how to quantify that. But uh, he did win. I think the expectation, and it was the expectation in California as well, the Democrat's going to win. The Republican runs for other reasons, maybe to get higher speaking fees later in the year or something. I don't know. I don't know what real benefit they get because it's just assumed, unless you're Arnold Schwarzenegger in California, you're not going to win. Right. Uh, I feel like the same thing in Connecticut. My experience here, I did not know how, I guess I didn't appreciate if I thought about it, I would have realized this. I didn't appreciate that this was Puritan country, right? The Puritans settled this area. And 
the fact that we've gone Pilgrims. from Puritans to a, a very liberal socialism, not not socialism, sorry, but a social liberal um, philosophy. For example, most churches you see around will have big rainbow flags and a welcome everybody. So the mm -hmm. church presence is still here, but it's a it's that's not what you would see in, for example, the state of Utah. Right. You would not see those rainbow flags um, on the church buildings there. So to me, it's this interesting mix of I still feel there's a Puritan um, rigidity. Is that the word? I think so. I'm going mm -hmm. with that word here. However, it's strangely being applied to more progressive politics. And it makes for some very interesting, interesting conversation. There's also the socioeconomic issues where there is old money and then there's a lot of poverty. There's definitely a rich, poor discrepancy here. Oh, yeah. This is one of the largest gaps, if not the largest gap. Yeah, to, to, to say between. it would be the largest gap would not surprise me at all. Yeah. Um, I think I mentioned that about the schools one time, like the the segregation of the schools and how the white flight has definitely occurred here, specifically within our, within our school systems. Um, shout out to some of my classmates who who highlight that and try to correct some of those ills. But I think that is, again, to your point, some of those things that you do see that you like, hmm, makes you it yeah, makes you makes you wonder. It makes it complicated. Mm -hmm. You can't say Connecticut's one thing because Connecticut is not one thing. Right. You can't say they think a certain way because historically there's precedent. Recently exactly. there's precedent. <clears throat> neighborhood to neighborhood, there is a discrepancy oh. and a disconnect. Like we're we're a very interesting state. Yeah, we have train tracks, right? We, we definitely have we train definitely tracks. Definitely have train tracks here. So with all of that said. In the state of Connecticut, boom. What what percentage oh, you, of conservatives do you think are here? If you were to say, uh, I think it's fifty percent Democrat, fifty percent Republican, what what would be your guess? I'm gonna say fifty eight percent is Democrat. That's actually pretty close. Nice job. It is. 50% Democrat, 32% Republican, uh, and then we have an 18% middle, right? which I'm very proud of. I, I like our middle group, mm -hmm. um, the undecideds. And, and I get it. The undecideds need to decide from time to time. They're quite frustrating in their own way. Um, but that's, that's Connecticut's makeup for you. I, it's funny. I appreciate that also of having the people who are willing to vote outside and hit us up on the independents or the green. Uh, again, I, I have an issue with the Crips and the Bloods, always battling it out. If y'all, the reference, Crips, Crips and the Bloods are gang based out of California, okay? Their colors are actually red and blue. Guess what else is red and blue? They battle it out throughout all these years and years and years, longer than the Crips and Bloods, Democrats and Republicans. They're, they're the red. Hatfields and the McCoys of the United States. Right. While we're throwing out references you may or may not know. They've you had know some crossover, too. The Republicans, the Republicans that we know of nowadays used to be Democrats and vice versa, I would say. But, you know, again, another story for another day. We probably won't talk about it on this show because, you know, it makes my stomach hurt. I met I met a Hatfield, by the way. What? And uh, I asked her, I was like, oh, you know, like the, like the, the classic rivalry between the Hatfields and the McCoys. 
she did not think she didn't take take to that well at all so i'm not sure (laughs) not (laughs) sure if that's something to drop as casually as i just did Uh, next 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 session or next show how travis almost got shot (laughs) by somebody maybe maybe i need to be more sensitive to that history um next state let me knock this one out massachusetts massachusetts let's do massachusetts and then we'll move over to rhode island you know what Hmm. hmm just just generally, would you think Massachusetts was more liberal or conservative? I would say a little bit slightly more liberal. And if you were to break it out by percentage, and remember there's going to be that middle ground, so it doesn't have to be 50-50. So I'd say, so you want me to give three? You, you can give three if you're feeling especially granular. 47 See, now I can't add that quickly. Why you put me on the spot like that? No, see, that's what I'm saying. You don't have to add Goodness. because whatever that middle is can make it up. So just don't go close to 50-50. 47. 40. Wow, you think it's that close? Yeah, yeah why not? Well, because of the way that I just asked that question. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, Massachusetts is actually a lot more progressive and uh, democratic than Connecticut. Uh, 56% are Democrat Mm -hmm. and only 27% are Republican in Massachusetts. Shout out John Kerry. Shout out John Kerry. My man. Um, I wonder, I mean, there is a historical precedent there. The Kennedys are probably our most famous Democrats. They're Massachusetts, no, they're Rhode Island. I don't know. I'm saying things as if oh, they're no. epiphanies, hoping that it somehow validates what I'm saying. I don't know if the Kennedys are, because the Kennedy Mansion is in Rhode Island, isn't it? My favorite, that's my favorite bootlegging family, the Kennedys. Go on. Yeah, oh, you for real? Oh. <laughs> yeah, they, uh, <laughs> no I idea of the story. Of the, some of the Kennedy wealth was made in bootlegging. I did not in, know this. And alcohol. Well, now we know. Um, so, I'm sorry, New England. Whoever knows where the Kennedys are from, I hope I did not just insult the not only this area but the entire nation. I don't know which state, but I think it's Rhode Island. Now that Incredibly I'm saying it out loud. good looking family, I will say that. Very Those handsome family. Good looking kids. Yeah. I mean, they were older than me, but you know. Let's let's move right to Rhode Island and we'll we'll have covered the southern part of Boom. New England. Rhode Island, I'm ready. Okay, go ahead. Blue. You think they're a blue state? From the towns I went, you know, yes. However, I kind of feel like I do it with all these states. It these states have surprisingly large pockets of more diverse than most people would think. Especially, I would say, I mean, yeah, I would say especially Rhode Island and Connecticut, Mass. You might think it, it is a little more diverse because of Boston and because of um. Like towns like Springfield, sure. Even though Boston does have some issues, that I, I was say. in San Francisco uh, last week. Actually, the reason yeah. we did not have a show last week is because I was on the West Coast. I was in San Complain- Francisco, complaining about it too. I y'all. was complaining about Goodness. it. It's a long flight, and you know how I love fall. I'm leaving fall. Oh my gosh! To go work in it's San gonna Francisco. It's going to be so warm there. The sunsets are going to be so beautiful. <laughs> That's Terrence's impersonation of me, by the way. So please chime in and let us know how accurate that was. Um, while I'm there, I'm noticing for the first time in my life how similar Boston and San Francisco are, which none of my coworkers appreciate until 
I meet one guy who's like, oh, you're coming from New England. Did you notice that like it's exactly like Boston here? Right. And I was like, I was just saying that. And he pointed out that the neighborhoods, the way that like the Italians in, mm-hmm. are in one neighborhood and the Irish and there's uh, kind of the north and the south and the just traditionally, like the tradition right. is there. And he said, it's, it's very similar here, except San Francisco is less racist. So, uh, which I yes. think is, is what I, you were alluding you were to right now. I thought you were leaning there too. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> As he was pointing out the, the Italian and the Irish neighborhoods, he then dropped the bomb that like, clearly we're not the racist ones. It's, it's Boston. But I do know that Boston, or I don't think the whole state has that reputation, but I think Boston has somehow claimed that reputation. They have a bad reputation for it. I um, only know this because there was a Daily Show segment yeah. on it which was quite funny but i'd never even heard that before the daily show well, tackled it and so it's funny that's again even though i picked them to be a little blue and maybe this is one of the reasons i when i was younger there were the boston bus riots where they were talked about integrating the schools and they were busing a lot of black children to different schools to integrate the schools and there was a riot about it you ever seen the picture of the soil of old glory yeah, of course. So, again, that was during that time where they, the black, I think it was a black attorney and they had the flagpole trying to, like, those images scared the heck out of me when I was younger. Like, Boston was actually a city I was, frankly, a little scared to go to by myself because I traveled up there for a track meet one time. I was like, let me, don't want to end up in the wrong part. And it's funny because Boston has its parts that people would say are higher in crime or whatnot. But I was not worried about those parts that people would consider that be the parts where there are more people of color or black people. I was worried about running into the wrong white right, neighborhood right. in Boston and being like, you lost? Right. <laughs> like, please don't let me run out of gas right here. <laughs> and, I, and, I, and I worried about that in New England in general because, again, I just wasn't sure. So, again, goes back to me being kind of having a strange dichotomy of thought around what I thought about New England coming up. But we we own it today, Trav. We are on the wrong Woo. state. We we are totally in the wrong state. <laughs> we we were done with Massachusetts. We're in Rhode Island right now. You Rhode said Island. it's a blue state. Blue percentage. I'm gonna go sixty. Sixty what? Sixty. Sixty thirty-two. Sixty thirty-two. Thirty. You think Republican or at least conservative? Thirty-two Republican. Sixty. That's. Democrat. I think that's your highest one. Yes. You think Rhode Island up till now is the most Democrat heavy state of Massachusetts, Connecticut, and Rhode Island? Yes. Uh, you're wrong. Uh, but you were you were darn close on conservatives. Thirty percent conservatives, oh. but only forty eight percent. And I think the other two. I have to scroll up and down. I think the other two were over fifty or close closer to fifty. Forty eight percent Rhode Island. Um, Democrats, and then 22% middle of the road, which Shout I think- to y'all middle of the roaders who yeah, are like not choosing. I'm surprised, I'm surprised that's not others, more but... of a swing state, Rhode Island. And maybe maybe um, there aren't a lot, enough electoral votes to make a huge difference. We're getting out of my, out of my expertise I here. Know, I know Rhode Island was just a major player in this country as far as it being developed, which I, and I didn't know that before. So yeah, and this is before or after you offended the people upset. at the Rhode Island booth. 
This was um, <laughs> before, and, and I learned some afterward. I can't think if that was before or after I went to Providence, but boy, uh, I pissed those people off. Do we want to go to Vermont or New Hampshire? Vermont, baby. Blue. Right. That's my 60 right there. Vermont is blue. You're going with blue. Oh, you're, you're hitting 60. Hitting 60. That is well, your 60. you know what? I go 58 on them because I was I was over on the last one. I'm gonna go. I'm down the other 58, because um, you cannot. It is physically impossible to love maple syrup that much and not be liberal. I don't this, even like maple syrup that much, but this is a uh, something I did not know. It's research done. Null null hypothesis. Um, the alternate hypothesis is a, a lot of people who are conservative do like maple syrup also. So now I'm going to bump that down <laughs> to 55%. Uh, no, don't do that. You were 38%. so close. 38%. What did I say, 58? You're at 58, and that was, 50, that was 50. the closest you've been. So let's do 58. And I think actually on the conservatives, you were closer in Connecticut. but 20. And whatever else. Oh, 70. you're saying straight up 20. Straight up 20% on conservative, 58%. It is 57% All right. for progressives. So high five there. It's actually 29, almost 30% conservative. Uh, the the middle of the road me. there, not so not so well spoken for. Not not as well represented. That was Vermont. Let's New go Hampshire. New Hampshire. Home of the mountain that I'm one day not going to climb. Um... The scariest mountain in the United States. Highest non-weather, <laughs> wind-recorded thing Our regular listeners are like, I did not think they could possibly get to Mount Washington one more time, and yet there, there it is. They're back. Yeah, it will blow you off, and the, and the changes in weather are freaky. We so went from D.W. Griffith to the Crips and the Bloods to, to somehow Mount we Washington, got back to Mount Washington. Who, who's probably named after George Washington. Almost definitely. Yes. Or... Maybe my cousin Craig Washington. Shout out, Craig. Um, he's really old. Anyway. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Where were we at? Well, I think we're in New Hampshire. New tell, Hampshire. Yeah, tell me what you think on New so Hampshire. New Hampshire's a tough one. I will say New Hampshire is, hmm, twin state with Vermont. I'm going to say lower, but I'm going to say 52. And I'm going to say 39. I'm going to stop you right here. I actually didn't even look. Do you think every state in New England votes Democrat more often than Republican? More often? You know what? I'm not sure, but part of this, I'm going by a thing I've seen a couple of years back when I first, well, trying to think of when, but New England to get all together was surprisingly blue altogether. Okay. So, to me, at least, surprisingly blue. Again, like really, really blue state to state entirety of New England, which is 25 states, as me and Travis said in one of our pilot episodes. Um, again, yeah, surprisingly blue to me. Uh, New Hampshire, for me, would have been the exception. Their motto is live free or die. die. Does anything sound more conservative than that motto? Uh, oh, d downright scary! It's it's a very aggressive, um, very oh, loud said, motto. The green, that's the um, home of the Green Boys. I don't know. I don't. What are the Green Boys? 
oh my goodness, Green Boys. I think they're they were this uh, I think of the Revolutionary War. They were the Green Boys who were in the Green Mountains, like a little. I'm I'm not certain if they were militia or not. I have to Google it. Let our people know next episode. But they're they're the home of the Green Boys. Live free or die. I, I didn't that's know it. that. Yeah, I don't no, know if they came the up point. with that model or not, but that's the Green Boys, and I think that, so. There's a lot of. I do know New Hampshire. I know that. I know about the Green Boys, and people are very proud of that heritage. And um, and I do know, like in some of these upper states in New England, they might like it in Connecticut and Mass too. But you know, big hunters and stuff up there too. So. It's a um, well marketed line, as far as state mottos go. That's one of the the most beautifully marketed. Some some PR person spent a lot of time making that as succinct as they did. Mm -hmm. You know so much about that state with live free or die. I don't forwards. understand why I got to die. Why can't you just let me live free? It's just such a finality I have of choices. This, I have this video where we're talking about, who's our spy? Who's our American spy here? <laughs> Who, what did he say? I regret that I have I only have, one life yeah. to, to give for my country or something. <laughs> I have a video of, of Terrence talking, and we need to put it on the site. And clearly, we're not fantastic <laughs> about putting content on the site. Hold up. Yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. But it is, it, is, it is very great because he's telling me the story of, what's his name? The name? Um, he's right around the corner from us. Yeah, at, at late, late Coventry. Yeah, yeah. Now, we, we know where he's kind of buried, where his memorial is. And it's not Harriet, because that's the only spy name I have coming to my brain right now. Harriet Tubman? No, Harriet the Spy. It's a, it's a, it doesn't matter. Um, regardless, I, I might put it on the website. I have every intention. It's definitely going on Insta. We have this very, very low active, as far as like active uh, traffic or posting. Um, we have a small presence on Insta, but it's easier for me to post there than it is for me to put it on the blog. There's three steps to put it on the blog and one step on Insta. So this... This clip, at the very least, will be a story on our on our Insta page. Um, but it is Terrence. It wasn't Harriet Tubman, by the way. But Harriet Tubman was a spy for the, the civil during the Civil War. I wonder if that's where the middle. I think it's a middle grade book, Harriet the Spy. I wonder if it was. It doesn't matter. Nathan Hale. Sorry. Nathan Hale. Thank you. Nathan Hale High School. Shout out to you. Terrence goes on a rant about how that would never be his quote. <laughs> no, <laughs> how, no, it in absolutely that situation, was not his quote. One, yeah, he doesn't believe that that is an actual quote. But two, there's nothing noble about that quote, and he would absolutely uh, give some some valid reasons why he should not be shot in that moment. So Terrence would have tried to talk himself out of that situation. Uh, but would we would we have remembered you in history? If you did, I don't care, I don't care that much about being remembered <laughs> in history. To be honest, I mean, if most of my, if most of the people I know can say, you know, Terrence was an okay dude and tried to be a pretty righteous dude, I, I'm, I, I hope I'd be okay. All right. uh, but you know, trying to answer the people is too hard. All this for New Hampshire. What did I say? Fifty-two. Did you say fifty? You said did you fifty-two New Hampshire Democrat? Fifty-two forty. Okay. And by the way, it's always about this time that the studio next to us um, starts blasting music a little loud. So I apologize if you hear this background hum. I'm loving it. It's great music. It really is. They're doing a great job in that studio. Um, New Hampshire, I would have actually guessed 
because they do have a Republican. I don't know if he won, but they had a Republican governor mm-hmm. who was always making knocks on Connecticut. He's constantly uh, talking about what Connecticut needs to do to correct itself. More so than he's talking about what needs to happen in New Hampshire uh, to correct itself. There seems to be some sort of political rivalry. People love that. Yeah. Uh, So I actually would have guessed this was our one conservative state. And it's not, but it's only 44% Democrat and 35% Republican. It's pretty close. 5% off. 5% off on the Republican. And then 20% landing somewhere in the middle. So that, I, I'm surprised, is not more of a swing state as well. I'm surprised New Hampshire doesn't get more. Maybe it is. Is that known as a swing state? Is that one of the big? New, isn't New Hampshire one of those places where they vote at first, where they don't do those voting polls at first to show? That like, would make a lot of get? sense. I feel like it's Iowa and Ohio. I know those two. I don't know. Maybe New Hampshire is one of the big ones because that's, those statistics are Iowa, soft enough where you could go left or right, I think, every election. Iowa, New Hampshire. Hmm. I wonder why the other places, what, Montana and... No, Montana's not a swing state. Yeah, That's got to be straight I'm Republican, pretty sure doesn't they, it? Where do they, I'm just wondering where they get... Why do they do those places? Hmm. All right, let's wrap this up. Is it me? It is you. Maine? Maine is the... Maine Justice. Maine Justice. I think out there in that bayou, boy. I think <laughs> we're going to talk about that, that there. I think, uh, I think that Maine is a... Uh, Maine is going to be 50. 50 Democrat. You know I'm going to go lower. Okay. I'm going to say 49. It's just based on me watching Maine Justice, by the way. So very scientific. Um, Shout out to Maine. Kennebunk, Lighthouses, beautiful state, really, if you ever hit the coast. I think it may be the state with some of the, the most beachfront area. Maine? Maine. Main justice. You know, interestingly enough, um, doesn't look like on the map. But Michigan is one of the states with the most beachfront, if you count the Great Lakes. Yes, that makes sense. Actually, yeah. Um, beaches are beaches, or sand on the lake is not the beach, by the way. But we need to look that up. My strong opinion. All right, so Maine, you're saying you're, you're seeing the entire block of New England will all lean Democrat. And you're correct, and by the way. Let's just kill the spoiler here. Uh, it is most, not most, every single state will lean Democrat. And with the exception of New Hampshire, no, I think Maine does have, or at least did have, a Republican governor as well. Is that correct? I, I feel mean, like that's right. That sounds right. Okay. So I'm going to go Maine. Again, shout out, beautiful state. 42 and 39. Wow, very close. You're predicting very close. Um, not necessarily close to the numbers, although 47. 47 and, Democrat? Yeah, and 36. Woo! With 17%. Again, that's a state that could go both ways. I would have thought, and maybe it's just because of how we are here in Connecticut, and then maybe the bottom three. Maybe I just projected that all the way across. I'm surprised how we could go either way here in New England in probably most elections. Mm-hmm. I wonder, outside of Connecticut, how closely contested these these elections are. So there you go. 
That is the the political makeup of New England. Indeedy. Indeedy. I don't know what else to say to you. If you like it and you like these facts, look it up for yourself. Travis got this off the internet, so it can't, can't be wrong. Be wrong. I, I didn't even I didn't even reference the website. It was probably patrioticamerican32.com or no .xyz. I don't know. I didn't I didn't check. We assume that's correct. Um, Terrence, we still get some great feedback from our listeners. Hey, um, a lot of feedback from our last episode. The Halloween episode was a bit of a hit. Yeah, and I, we made it through. We went to a scary place. We did after the episode. And let's wrap up on this because we're at the hour. Um, Terrence and I went to one of the locations. It was pretty late at night. Yes. And that's because it was pre-recorded. We pretended it was Sunday when we were recording, but it was actually Wednesday night. Not to get too far off track, but it was we're we're pre-recording right now on Friday night. Friday. And it was four o'clock. And I was getting ready to, to come here and it was dark. You yes. were not there was no hyperbole in what you were talking about two or three episodes ago. It is dark by four thirty here. Yes. Uh, that said, it was closer to midnight. We went down to, is it an asylum? Is that what it was? More or less, an asylum, the Mansfield Training School. And it was creepy. No, you weren't wrong. <laughs> you weren't wrong. Uh, something else, I, I think there is a photo of it. There was definitely a story on Insta of us going through the video. Mm -hmm. uh, but we'll put something on the blog, so it's a little, it's got a little more life than that. A little spooky. Uh, but yeah, we actually got a shout out all the way from Montevideo, Uruguay. Uh, Woo! Yeah, Victoria Gamara said hello and was looking forward to the episode. So thank you. Thank you, Victoria. We so, 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 so much appreciate you. We do. Please um, keep listening. So yeah, we're, we're hitting international waters. High five us. Great job, Connecticut show. <laughs> we need the we need the sounds in here. We got to get WHUS. We need to get the sound. Yeah, we need the sounds, but we also need a map. We need to start like uh, doing one of those pins in the world where our where our listeners are from. So, uh, anything else? We're at we're right at the hour. What? How how do you want to end this? Give a shout out to Bomb Bomb Bavant. Leading us, we in. love y'all. Yeah, taking us out as well. Indeed. They did, a, they did a, a different song. Did we give them credit for the different song last week? I'm we not did. sure. We, okay. did tell them, we did give them a shout out for that beautiful song. Perfect. So this week, again, we're back to uh, Hard Way, Living When You're Dead, which is one of my favorites, and it's it's definitely the soundtrack of the show. Which is to live free or die of their, <laughs> of their album. <laughs> of New Orleans music, yeah, for sure. Uh, so thank you, Bumbo Vivant. Uh, and our, our fellow Instagram followers. Oh yeah, uh, going terribly. Thank you. Also, they're they're doing great. They made a lot of money on that twenty four hour show that they oh, did. Good. It was in the thousands. Uh, you made the joke that we would have been lucky to make like eight fifty or something, not eight hundred and fifty. <laughs> eight dollars. Yeah, and I went out to see because they did advertise how much they were making as you went and contributed because they all had goals, um, and they they cleaned up. They all oh, hit their good. goals and went above and beyond, and it was for a great cause. So good, good. nice. Nice job going terribly. Indeed. And thank you all for shouting us out every now and then. And thank you for everyone listening. We love you and appreciate you. If you have anything you want to get to us, get to us. You can find us at Connecticut 
dot show. Also, you can hit us up. Yeah. Also, you can hit us up at info at Connecticut dot show. Hey, I've got to ask you a question. Totally random. Josh Quick. Uh, My man. Fine, fine landscaper that we both use. My man. Did he do your lawn today? I'm not sure because I haven't been home. Okay. I think he did because I went out to talk to him and he was gone and I saw his truck down. I just have to tell you, this is such a New England thing. If you were to rake, because we we both have acres. Right. Not, 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 Not that our front lawn is acres and acres, but we have a lot of grass. And if you go out and you do that manually, that's a good good part of your day Mm -hmm. he shows up in like almost like a cartoon car it looks like (laughs) you know when the clowns are in the little cars it's it's a little bigger than that and it's got all these pipes and things moving around it yeah have you seen him drive it yeah i've seen one before around campus and some other people doing some landscaping before it is the most amazing Like like I say, if you were to draw like some comical over the top version of what a blower would look like in the yeah. future, that's what he's on driving. And in less than maybe twenty minutes, he did a day's worth of work mm-hmm. between him and one other guy. And I've, I've got to say, before I moved to New England, I had no idea that such technology existed. That and snow blowers, right? Or snow throwers, which they really are. But I knew snow. Snow blowers and snow throwers very well. I'd never seen anything like the, uh, yeah, never seen anything like, it was like a Dr. Seuss. That's what it was. It was like a Dr. Seuss machine that you would see the cat in the hat driving. And it was glorious. It was, it was one of the, the seven wonders of the world to me today watching that happen. All right, everyone. Thank you for, for listening. We're up on the hour. Shout out to Bomb Bob Vavant for Travis Poppleton. And Terrence, don't call me Terry Abney. Y'all take care. Have a safe weekend or safe week. This is the Connecticut Show. Peace.